Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the exploration of your mind, body, and spirit. Yo, what is going on, causing the effect community? I'm here with Dr. Robert Cyprian. He is a holistic coach, a chiropractor, a little bit of everything. Um, crazy story because it's similar, Robert. I don't, we were talking before, but you didn't know. Like my father um, was in the witness protection program as a as a kid, so I was in not involved so much. I was like stepping in, like Henry Hill and Goodfellas, and then my mother like pulled me out. Um, how did you like get into that? craziness of the gang life and that space in the in queens and oh. whatever years so i mean for me that just developed uh the group of kids in my neighborhood yeah. like you know we're younger like elementary school it's like everyone's playing ball on the street and riding their bicycles around but then as we got kind of like junior high school age you know people are like experimenting with alcohol and drugs and friends of mine are actually starting to sell drugs and as we go more and more we're hanging out in bigger, bigger groups of people. And it's becoming like, all right, gang territory stuff and guns and gang fights and graffiti. And it just, it just, it just kind of escalated out of nowhere. But a weird thing is like, you're talking about your father witness protection program. I grew up with a father who um, used to hang out with the New York city hell's angels. He used to do like work for them. Like they invited him to be in, to be a prospect, but he didn't accept it, but he still did a lot of work with him. My father was actually in the documentary, too, that was done years ago, Hell's Angels Forever. And uh, I, I grew up with that crazy stuff around me all the time. And I just thought that was normal. But as I got right. older, I realized that's not a normal childhood. So, yeah. Yeah. The behaviors like you pick up that are just conditioned. Like, I feel like I feel like as a man, at least I don't wake up to like 25. So I'm like I'm like seven years old, I'm around 30, 32 now. And the behaviors like even I had my, my I had my father till about eight or nine and we only hung out in casinos. My dad is now a pro gambler in Vegas and whatever he does. And it's like, oh, it's still just in me to like do everything to such an extreme addictive level that it's like by the time when you wake up, you're like, oh, this isn't normal to, you know, gamble and, and 10, 15 grand. Because I always watch my father gamble. 50 dollars hands. I'm like, oh, okay. So if I'm a kid, I 10, 5,000, that sounds right. And you get to the world, it's like, yo, you're not even, you're, you're out of control. I, I'm, I'm assuming you picked up some bad habits and had some things that were conditioned in your soul as well. Yes, very much so. Um, I, I take everything that happened in my life to me as a gift though, because you know, it, it, through the years, I've learned to use all these things in a positive way. I mean, I learned really quick as a kid, street smarts, intuition, how to really acknowledge that too, how to really stand your ground, even if you think you're going to get, you know, freaking annihilated or pummeled by somebody, you know, and that, that, that stands also for physical, mental, emotional, and then spiritual way too. Um, so I, I really learned to have a grounded sense and an awareness just growing up in all of that. Yeah. Now, now holistic healing, that's your bread and butter. How would you um, describe that? All right. So holistic, the definition of the word means looking at everything possible. So people think, oh, I'm holistic. I take echinacea when I get sick or I do yoga. Well, it means much more than that. It means to be able to look at everything in a person's life to help them. So, you know, I'm a doctor. I have that part, which, you know, I know 
know how to take vital signs. I know how to look at someone and know all the systems of the body. I know if someone's like in danger, like get to the emergency room. I know all that stuff. I know how to check a lot of these things in the human body, see what's going on from a doctor's level. But I've also learned a lot of the natural things too with the physical body, but also the mind, uh, the emotions, and also spiritually the energies of the body too. I've actually been trained as a shaman too, and actually on a regular basis do exorcisms of like taking people's dark energy out of their field. I love that. Now, now I know you, you mentioned this um, in your website, the, the, the pyramid of well-being, because it looks like you took a little bit of all of my favorite stuff. There was some physiology in there. There was some mental work. Like, How did you construct that? And how would you, um, if you want to walk us through what that, that pyramid of well-being looks like? Sure. I was teaching some of this stuff for doctors, like postgraduate, like, all right, you got a doctorate. You want to add more on top of that. I was teaching doctors how to break everything down. They learned and put it back together to think holistically. Mm-hmm. So there's four major things in life that people need to look at with their well-being. Number one, the structure of the body, the physical, the joints, the muscles, the bones, the ligaments, the tendons, all that kind of just the, the physical stuff, you know, then we have the biochemistry. Now the biochemistry might be things like your hormones, your circulation, your blood, uh, you know, different aspects of what's going on with neurotransmitters in your body. And there's things that um, you might need in your body. You don't have enough of to make all that work. We would call that a deficiency, like a nutritional deficiency or something like that. Or there could be too much, which would be a toxicity. So the biochemistry is seeing if, you know, there's too much or too little of something in the body to get all these things working properly. Number three is the mind. So the mental, emotional emotions are kind of things that happen in the past that make you feel a certain way. You keep feeling those ways. The mental aspect is just kind of currently, how does your mind function in certain situations? Where does your mind go when A, B, or C happens to see if um, your mind's going in the right place in life to get you where you want to go, make sure it's all functioning right. So sometimes we got to take out the old emotional stuff, or sometimes we got to reprogram the mind for how it's reacting in current time. Number four is the energy of the body, the electromagnetics. Now we got all these energies associated with the body. Most people aren't aware of it. Some people can actually see all this stuff though. There's a whole other anatomy that comes out from us within and without too. There's little energies in our body called acupuncture meridians. There's larger energies called chakras. There's larger energies, parts of your aura. And there's the whole interdimensional soup that we actually live in. So there's there's a whole other world actually superimposed right on top of ours that some of us maybe sense at times. We don't know what the heck's going on. Maybe people do know what's going on there, or some people are clueless about, and they don't understand that it's affecting them. Now, these four parts, I kind of made this into a pyramid. Each four of the four parts are kind of the basis of the pyramid, and they all meet on the top. Mm-hmm. On the top, that's your willpower. Because without your willpower to do something, all those other things just cannot happen. If you want your body to be more fit, you got to go exercise. You got to go to the gym. That's willpower. If you want your um, you know, biochemistry to change, you got to eat the right things or do a detox, avoid the wrong things. That takes willpower. The mind to get that to change, you got to work on that stuff. Like That's like working out in the gym, but it works the mind. Again, that takes willpower. And the, um, the energies around you too, willpower to recognize what's going on there, to say, hey, I'm not dealing with that. All these things require willpower. So if the willpower is not there, people cannot change their life. But then again, if the willpower is there, people can change anything in their life. 
anything at all. I mean, anywhere from the mind, the physical being, the energetics, even what's going on and what they're attracting in the world, people can change all of that. Mm, that is so, you're, you're, you give me goosebumps here because this is like what I'm working on. And, and when the willpower is a, is a big thing, because I feel like for people like myself, you can tell me if you agree or not. It's like when I'm on, I'm on. But when I'm when I'm off, I'm off. And that that little thing you said with the mind of like where your mind goes when, let's say, I think you, you see who you are, like when something goes a little off, when something goes a little off, I go like worst case scenario, it immediately goes to negative. And I guess that would be a limiting belief. Would you, would you is that a belief that you, you would you say if, if I instantly it go to be. Yeah. It could be. It could be something that you 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 have an anchor to in your past. That oh, this happens, and I feel this way. Oh, this thing's happening again. Your body has a memory of something that happens again, and it'll just be triggered. Um, like some people call these things anchors from like neurolinguistic programming, or it's just it's a memory that will be brought up by something. It could be something that's happening in life. It could be a specific smell. It could be a food that would bring this up. Um, it could be just hearing a song. It could be seeing a certain person just make you like either feel good, freak out somewhere in the middle. <laughs> we are like super computers. We're super programmable. So we're always getting programmed. And if we don't like the way some of these programs are working, we got to change it. Absolutely. Now, now how, what are the most important factors you think on how a person could stay healthy in every aspect, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all, all that? Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's mostly the mind and emotions. Mm-hmm. This controls everything. Like if you're going to do just one thing in your life and turn the show off and never look me up or you again, it's to just start meditating. To me, meditation is the best medication breaks. Basically meditation can fix anything. Meditation will guide each individual where they got to go. Now, of course you can, you know, turn the show back on and start listening to people that can guide you and get places a lot quicker because, Oh, well, that's something a great idea. I'm going to do that in life, you know, but otherwise if you have only one thing to choose, it's just meditation. I am with you. Meditation was such an anchor for me. And the only way I could describe it for those who don't, you guys better be freaking meditating. If you listen to us, it's like, I could see every, I'm, I'm working at a higher level, not a higher level. I could like just see the, I could see in front, I could see behind. And I could also see like, structurally people on different levels, psychologically, physically, spiritually. Um, how did you get into meditation? Like when did, when did this start from the, this wasn't in the graffiti days in the gang days, I'm assuming. No, back then I was doing a lot of other things that I thought were fun and put me in altered states. So I Rock learned the hard mm-hmm. way with some of those things, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, later in life, just when um, I was starting to be mentored by some of these uh, holistic doctors who also have a very big spiritual side too, they're like, all right, start reading these books, Autobiography of a a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, um, The the Holistic Universe, just all these books like Boom, 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 Power Versus Force by David R. Hawkins. They all start talking about this meditation stuff. So I first started um, with a... um, um, just like a CD, it does a binary code, like a ding, 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 ding. You just sit there and focus on the noise of the CD to put you in that brainwave state. Mm-hmm. And literally, I think the first time I tried that, I just felt my whole stuff just lift out of my body, go up and like turn like sideways and go somewhere. I'm like, whoa, like it felt like, you know, yeah, I was just like, that's powerful. And from there, I just took it in all the directions. Yeah, I was... um my first kind of step into that was just simple mindfulness. And then it moved to like Joe Dispenza. And once I started doing a little bit of Joe, it moved to something else. And then I feel like the, this journey people go and it's like, first you want to get yourself better. I want to become the best version. And then like you start looking at it, it's like, I'm just trying to find peace and harmony and like almost 
it's not adding things, it's removing things. And now like my meditation is a little bit of breath work, 10, 15 minutes, pranayama, and then just the ohm sound for about an hour. Mm -hmm. um, and there's something about that vibration that just puts me in it. And, and, you know, I think that's as far as I want to go with it. Cause it's like, I don't, you know, everything past that. How, how do you, is there another step you took or another, like, cause I feel like we in meditation, spirituality, you go down these different holes. You think it's better to see each different hole and then go deeper into one, whether it be the Tibetan Buddhism uh, way of meditating or X, Y, Z. Did you go down those rabbit holes? I'm assuming you did. I, I did not. And for everyone, it's a different path. You just got to see what comes to you in life, what excites you, what's like you, you look at or try and like, whoa, that was good. And you got to do more of it because mm. that's the way life is directing you for what your way is. What really got me deeper into it, I started working with this energy worker and kind of shamanistic practitioner. Her name is Liliana Barzola. She's on the Pacific. She's up in the Pacific Northwest. And I started doing energy classes with her. And I like once you learn me how to control my energy through my body, I was like a vehicle. I like went places. I was able to go into different dimensions, different parts of time. Like I went back in time and witnessed things that freaking just shook me to my core, like famous events. And it was mind blowing. And from there, I just kept like being aware of the energies in my body. And I could like drop into something within just a couple of minutes, just like woof. And that's how I work on people too. I could tune into their energy so quickly just by kind of dropping into a certain energy flow in my body. From there, you could access the universal consciousness and you could be anywhere, do anything, be part of anything. And that um, there's no limits to that. That is like unbelievable. And later in the past um, couple of years, I, I worked with this woman, Sasha Cobra, and she like brought in like breathing techniques of fit and focus on the energy of the body. And I went to even more unbelievable places. I had no concept of, I mean, things I saw and witnessed where I literally cried for almost two weeks afterwards. I couldn't stop crying from the joy and beauty. I saw just unbelievable stuff. So it's just, yeah, where I go for what I experienced, just got to see what leads you to where you're going, you know? And that, that this practice, um, the, the vibrational work, is that starting with a, a style of breath work, trying to get the cerebral spinal fluid going and, and, and that stuff? First, it starts with awareness because the, the energy is always moving in your body or they're not. And if you could be aware of them, you know what they're doing. And sometimes you just focus on it and any block you have will just dissolve and starts moving just because you looked at it. It's kind of like quantum physics. You know, mm -hmm. they talk about that. If you observe the particle, it'll do something different than if you don't observe it. So if you observe an energy, and as I do a lot of distance healing on people, I observe the stuck energy in their body, might talk to them about what it is, when it came up in their life, what it feels like, and they'll just have a release. Like sometimes they'll just feel like their neck loosens up again, or they'll have a big emotional release, or they'll feel just lighter in general, or you know, they'll feel just joy or whatever, just because we get that block out of there. And we're the only ones that create those blocks. We have this damn free will thing that God gave us where we mm -hmm. can block out the goodness if we want, but we don't realize we're doing that programming in life makes us do that. Very cool. So I'm assuming this would be, cause I I've always had this feeling that there's just the higher self right there. And I have seen it in those, I would say a little dispenser where you hold, he does the holding of the breath and you push it out. I've seen glimpses of it by, by no means any level that you're at. Um, is this the, the, the route to kind of tap into that higher self? 
when you are aware of those energies within you, that is an aspect of your higher self. Maybe it's like the little pinky nail, just like in the physical body. But yeah, we are this, um, this unbelievable, just awareness, you know, that's what we are. And our awareness individualized goes into larger awarenesses to reach, you know, the, the, the source of all awareness, you know, whatever you call that God, the universe, whatever. But yeah, Dr. Joe, his stuff is amazing to get you through different levels in your body and get you to be aware of those things in the first place. And it combines like the physical and the mental and all that too, which is um, really, really important. What he's done is amazing. And the research he's doing is amazing too. It's just the brain waves monitoring that in people and monitoring what physically changes in people's lives with their health or just what's going on in their life in general, just from, um, you know, touching into these places. Um, does that answer your question? It it certainly does. And that's what kind of got me because, you know, I would say I have a class of Brooklyn. I'm like, what is this woo stuff? And then I, you know, it started doing like, this is a weird feeling. And then you start seeing things and there's this in the room, whatever. And then I went to the workshop and it was just science in front. I'm like, wow, this is the brainwaves. This is what's happening. This all makes sense. Now, now from your perspective, like I feel if there was, if you look, if you looked forward and there was this evolution of consciousness, right? This is what it is. Like, this is the answer to where we'll be X amount of years from now. Um, but it feels like a lot of humans, or at least in Western culture, are not, it's not quite clicking. Um, do you feel that? And what do you think the future looks like for consciousness in general? Yeah, I, this is getting us back to just who we naturally are. And we live in a world that as soon as we're born, they try to shut down who we naturally are. It's just what happens. Now, all these people that are um, witnessing adversity in your life, the, the best way to get you to wake up is that adversity. That's what happened to me. Like, you know, the traumas and stresses I witnessed in my childhood and even after when I went on my path to become doctor, teacher, whatever, um, I realized that all those negative things, those issues that people don't want to deal about, those things you wake up in the morning like, oh man, I forgot my life is this way. Those are the things that make you grow. That's what makes you grow. Those are the most important things. It's at the point now where I have a problem in my life. I sit there, I go on my side and I'm like, thank you. I have this to get me somewhere higher now to get me to a better place. And I figure out, all right, what's life got to do with this? I accept what's going on. And once you accept it, you are just shown a way right through it. It's a beautiful thing. Mm, yeah. I feel like naturally we, we try to like just ignore it, right? We'll numb yeah. it. We'll ignore it. We'll take the drugs. We'll take the whatever. And then we'll never use it. We'll never process it. And it literally will just go in that thing we call the shadow and just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that thing can literally kill you. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm learning Robert, so the hard way. Um, now, now this trauma that, that we discussed, we all kind of have levels of it. Um, how important is it in your practice when you've learned to go back to that trauma? Is oh, it good? Yeah. So it, important. Yeah. Cause every time I try to, I love Carl Jung, my favorite psychologist, psychotherapist of all time. And every time I dabble with dream work or shadow work, whoo, it gets, it gets heavy. Like how was this part of, of the vibrational work you were doing and looking backwards and kind of, I guess you're meditating and then going back, looking, looking at that investing. Like what did that process look like to you? Well, I started dealing with going on the back timeline and healing things in the past through different muscle testing techniques that I've mm. learned. Um, there's this one called applied kinesiology where literally all the tapping work and all that stuff that everyone does now, like it all came originally from there, like back in the eighties. 
then something came up called neuroemotional technique, which right now is doing some phenomenal research with MRIs in the brain with like PTSD and stuff like that, where they can make it the PTSD areas like disappear instantly. And the people feel better instantly. Like, like this is no joke. It's just like, it is just reproducible, but no one will look at it. Cause there's not big money in it, but yeah, going back to an original point in time where you developed kind of a, um, an issue to react in a way that's not favorable. You got to go back and pull that root out. It's like, if you pull the weed out of the grass, we all know it'll just grow back. But if you get it out by the roots, which takes a little bit more work, it never grows back again. Just yesterday, um, no, just Wednesday, two days ago, I was on the phone with one of my patients that it's probably one of my longest um, um, patient relationships I've had probably close to 20 years. And I'm on the phone with this woman and she's gone through ups and downs in life, like super successful, the nearly homeless, like all this stuff. And I'm always like, why can't we just get her life stabilized? We're working all these years, all these years, all these years. Like I know so much and intuitively I always knew there's some things in childhood that I'm always working with that we never really get resolved. So yesterday she's on the phone with me as we're doing like a, a coaching call and she's like, Robert, okay. There's something big. I've never dealt with anyone with my childhood. I've never told anyone. I haven't told you or two other very you know important people I work with. And she just spills the beans. And literally, I was just like, you waited all these years, gone through all that trauma because of this one thing that happened to her at six years old which she perceived as such a bad thing, such an awful thing. And to me, we just talked about it and lightened the energy up of it and intuitively helped her release some of the energy of it. And literally, I just felt her just like shoot up energetically. Like she's texting me hours later, just like, I feel so amazing. And of course, you know, you can't always have the courage to go to these things, but if you do, if you make it happen again, that willpower, amazing, miraculous things will change in your life. What was the, the biggest breakthrough you had, like the biggest lesson that, that you learned, let's say early on in the journey before you became the, the king of the pyramid? Um, my self-confidence. Yeah. yeah, my self-confidence. Um, I grew up very low self-esteem. Um, you know, just I, I was always a nicer guy hanging out in Queens, New York. I was always the one that would get beat up more, taken advantage of more, you know, literally my, these guys, they would, um, cause I know I didn't like to fight. They would put me in like a circle of people, like a ring and make me fight someone. And I'm like, no, no, we're not going to fight. We're not going to fight. Then I get hit one many, two times. And I just explode and nearly kill the guy and they got to break it up. I, my self-esteem was so down. My self-worth was so down when I really came into being, it was by doing actually self-work of having my own self-esteem, my self-worth, everything started changing my life. And to me, that was about my late thirties, just, just before 40 years old, I just kind of broke through that. Just like, boom, and my whole life changed for the better. That's, that's amazing. And I would say, I think we have some listeners and I, even myself, you know, it, it's weird during COVID, I wasn't worried about any of this stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm just like finding reasons why people don't love me. I'm like, this one doesn't love me. That one doesn't love me. I start, and I started thinking, I'm like, there's a freaking theme here, Scott. I don't think all these people don't love you. I think it's just something you're telling your thoughts. Is this a, a process of, okay, we're rooting out the trauma and then almost reconditioning yourself 
to not believe these thoughts that are just kind of seeds you've planted? But now, did you have issues with loving yourself at the time? Yeah, I still do. Yeah, so that that's 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 the big thing you got to heal. Mm. Everything in our external world that's mirrored back to us, which uh, Don Miguel Ruiz talks about so much. His book, yeah, and also Mastery of Love, and there's so much really good ones. Mastery of Love is really slept on. That book is, I think, even in ways better than Four Agreements. I'm buying that literally. It's going to my Amazon cart right now. I, yeah. I have a rule, Robert. Anybody that I respect, I got to I got to buy the book that comes up. So now that one, it's a simple little read, like Four Agreements. But yeah, Mastery of Love that is profound. He talks about we have um, smoky mirror in our life. We always see the smoky mirror. It's a mirror. We can see something in it, but there's a smoke in the way. So we can't literally see it's ourself, but everything's reflected to us back in life. And if we learn to work in those things inside of us, the external reflection of what we get in the world, it changes. Now I started this path on the, um, the macho personal development space. Did you ever dabble in the personal development, the Tony Robbins, the, the usual go, go, go stuff? Not too much. I throw on once in a while just to like check out the energy, but I worked with other people that got much more into the functional therapies, that stuff like neuro-linguistic programming and things like mm-hmm. that and all those types of different things. So I learned from people that kind of were on the same path as Tony Robbins, but was much, much less showy and more like, hey, this is all the work we got to do. So yeah, it was, it was different. Yeah, there's something about, I guess I would say, people who have a little bit more feminine energy that's not so the the go it's weird because everybody's like oh you just got i'm scott from italian i'm italian i'm from brooklyn I'm a tough guy i get that but there's something about the feminine energy that i love the eckhart toll the alan watts the the being in that present moment how, how important has that eternal present moment been for you like do you keep that close to you obviously when you're meditating that's the whole point but how how much is that in your life you feel like you really you're in the moment all the time yeah so i wouldn't call them feminine energy i would call them the 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 balanced, healthy, divine, masculine. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Because you're at the center point where you, because we all are masculine, feminine. Men are more of the masculine on the outside, but we have the feminine in our core. Mm-hmm. Where women are feminine on the outside, but the masculine in our core. Um, so if a man can live that balance where he accepts the feminine and inside, the masculine on the outside, there's just such an ease about them and such a power too about them. And the same thing for a woman, like to see a truly feminine woman in her feminine power is an unbelievable thing. It is, it's literally um, her, her soft, just gentle words could pierce right through you and literally just change your life in a few words. It's an unbelievable thing. Um so me, I grew up much more of this kind of balanced um, male, and that's why I didn't do too well on the rough streets of Queens, New York, growing up with all this gang and graffiti stuff. I was always the nice guy, but um, it was funny because you know we go hang out doing all this stuff, and all the girls always came and hung out with me. I'm like, hey, I could accept this. This is good. But even though I didn't have that going on in my childhood. I could still connect with women and understand them and stuff like that too, because I am in that balanced state. And what, what was the original question? I think I got off track here. I don't know, Robert. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe. I'm just, I'm just listening. No, no, that that's, um, I think we're talking about the feminine energy. Cause it's funny that you yeah. said that you connect with women more. I always connected with the guys more. 
And uh-huh. I don't know why. I guess it was, I think it was the reason why I start this podcast. I would say 65% are men and it started off with more women, but there's something about not having that father around, but you know, from eight to 18, and that probably ties into the self-worth and you know, what did you do wrong and all that stuff that um even I, I get a feeling of, of even when you get these emails from these kids, thank you for this, Scott. It's like how, how easy it is to like motivate a young man or a young woman for that matter. Just, just any young person, just like everybody feels more demoralized in this world. And, and that was my next question for you. Like, how do you think we are going to end up being able to balance all of this, right? We're talking about the spiritual, the mental, all that now throw in, you got to go to school. You got to be uh, married, successful, all that stuff. Social media, technology. How do you think all of this plays out? And what do you, you know? What do you think the key is to to getting yourself through this? Because people just seem to to me when they ask me questions, like, how do you how do I work your way through it? And for me, I'm like, you got to kind of treat it like a game almost. Like, I'm, there's a game of of the world. There's the school system. There's the money system. You got to play all that, but you also got to be divine, half sage and and half kind of warrior at the same point. Yes, yeah, so the whole current life thing you just described, you literally just, all your energies went up here. It was just like all focused here, mm-hmm. right? Now, this is the thing. This is where a lot of people get lost in life because there's all this like, you know, shiny, bright things we want to deal with and do with and jump into. And all my friends are doing this. People on social media are doing that. This, this person's doing that. We all want to like, ah, like just see what seems like, you know, literally great eye candy for us, you know? But the difference that's going to change where people at and is going to change the world is for people to feel in their whole body what's going on. So we have these things, these chakras, which are that there's many of them, but there's seven just kind of major energy centers in our body. We have literally one above our head, one on the top of kind of our thinking and visual sight area, one in our throat where we communicate. These are like the top ones where a lot of people get stuck in this area. Then you have the three lower. You have like the solar plexus. You have one around the pubic reaching. You have the one down the perineum, which is kind of like your crotch in between your legs. These connect you more to your physical body and the earth. In the middle, three above, three below, we have the heart. That connects both of these. Now, if we learn to connect and actually use all of these and feel in life through all of this, we're not only going to be like what's going on here, we're going to feel more like intuition and power and more willpower. And that's going to guide us in life. It's just like day by day, wake up. What am I supposed to be doing today? Feel a draw to this, feel a draw to that. I feel like doing this. Um, Yeah. You got to plan out things for your future too, but okay. Sit and feel in your body. What feels right. If I'm going this place in two weeks, does that feel good in my body? Sit there and feel it. Like, Feel it from here down. Well, how's your body react instead of just thinking about it up here? Because we have a huge disconnect between the heart, the lower body, and the head. And when we connect that, we could feel through our whole being. And just the feeling and the presence is the most important part. And for men and women individually, um, in an energetic sense, we have two different power poles, Okay. For men, it's literally the genitals, the crotch, the penis. That's like the prime energy where a man makes everything happen in life. That's where they come from in life. That's where their power is, which is either um, you know, warrior or leader or guardian. It comes from down there. For a woman, it comes from the heart and the breast. The woman is the caretaker, the lover, just like wanting to um, you know, just kind of hear 
how great they are at everyone and tell everyone that too. So most men and women, if they focus in those areas of the body for the women, the breasts, and for the men, the genitals, if you ask them, like, you know, you could ask, can you feel your right hand? Oh yeah, it's right here. Can you feel your left foot? Oh yeah, it's right there on the floor. But can you feel your genitals or breasts? No, it's just like an empty black hole. We don't have our feeling in those areas. And those are our most powerful areas in our body. Mm. So those literally make us also more intuitive in the world. Like for a woman, these are her antennas, her breasts, which kind of sense everything in the world. They're like literally an extension of the heart, which sense those things. For a man, the genitals too, it, it senses everything and puts energy out into the world. I mean, these are the most two important things to really feel in the, in the body too for men and women. No, and it's so funny you said that. I don't remember what book I was reading. I think it may have been one of Joe Dispenza's books, but like you're either, as a man, you're either overthinking on the top or in the bottom is more your self-worth and you know, your sex drive and your lust. And it's like, these are my two fucking issues, Rob. It's like, what's, what the hell? Um, now, I was going to, my, le- my, my next question was going to be, I guess you gave me part of that in the, the finding presence. Like I get these emails from these kids like, Scott, I have a, I don't know what, what direction I'm going. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know who I am. How would you guide those young men and women to at least have an inkling of, of which way to go? This is literally my second book I'm working on. This is what the whole book's about. Okay. (laughs) All right. So number one, what do you enjoy in life? You know, I ask people all the time that I work with who like some of the also people who I could not help shift with their well-being, health and life, whatever. They're just not happy at what they're doing day to day. You got to ask people, all right, if the magic genie showed up, say gave you, eh, what's good today? Like $10 million, maybe we need 20 million today if inflation, I don't know. The magic genie showed up and said, here's $20 million. You don't have to worry about expenses. You don't have to worry about home, food, family, whatever. If I give you this money, what are you going to do that you love and that will help the world? That you would wake up every day and say, I'm not doing this to make money. I just do this because I love this and this is going to help the world. What would you be doing? You should be thinking like that. What have you always loved as a kid? What were you always like really drawn to as a kid that you love doing? And also, what are you better at than everyone else where it's just natural for you? Like you could just do this with no effort. Number of people struggle to do that. These are our God-given gifts. These are the things we're supposed to be using. And a lot of times when we don't do these things, literally, we're not happy. We shut down. Our health goes downhill. Our whole life goes downhill because we're not using these natural gifts that were literally meant to just be shining out into the world. And that would just make us happy. And they will bring us abundance too, because when you're doing what you love, it's like an effortless freaking machine in the universe. You put out energy, you receive back. It's also your abundance pathway too. So that's kind of the short aspect of it. Um, yeah, looking into that. No, that's, that's beautiful. And like, that's, it's, I think the the fear is what gets in the way of that answer. Cause then people would say, Oh, well, what about the money? And I, I think removing that, that limiting belief that the money will come. And if you do something kind of, it makes practical sense, right? If I do, I love talking to people. I want to talk to people, then keep talking to people. And eventually that's, that, you know, that's what Alan Watts said. Um, how would you help somebody get through that fear of, well, I got to pay these bills, Rob, and I only have 15, 20 grand in the bank or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, I would make them feel that fear. Feel I would fear. make them mm. feel that fear so much. I literally want to see them start shaking, crying, flipping out. I want them to dig down into that fear and accept that's going to happen. 
None of the bills are going to get paid. They're going to get kicked out of their home. They're going to be homeless. They're going to lose everything in their life. I want them to go through that and actually witness it all and live it all. Because afterwards, they're a clean slate. Like, oh, that happened already. Like, now I could do anything I need in life. Because you're at a neutral place to create. You know, with um, this comes to mind with neuroemotional technique, they did some research with Olympic athletes and they would help Olympic athletes who are like eh, about a bronze medal or a little bit lower that really couldn't get that, 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 you know, even though they had amazing skills, they couldn't get through that last bit. And they would work on the emotions of, oh, I can win. I can, I could be successful. I could be better, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they did a little bit better, but still it didn't happen. Then they worked on the emotions of, um, I'm a failure. I can't do this. I'll never do this. And they're like, well, I don't want to think about those things. You know, most people like they're, they're all positive mind. Like, oh, I don't want to think about the negative things. Think positive, think positive. I want happy thoughts only. But when they made the people focus on the negatives and dig up all the garbage from that, boom, all these athletes became silver and gold medals. Wow. See, that, that's, that's, I never heard that before. Cause I usually that's what they say, you know, where your energy goes, your focus goes, all that stuff. And wow, that's, I guess, we're just, I guess it's, it's pulling it out. Like what you're saying with the roots. Yeah. It's just- now, if you got a glass of water, say you have a glass, it's, 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 it's just got a little bit of muddy water in the bottom. There's nothing else in it, but you want a glass of clean water, right? You can't put in clean water and the muddiness go is going to leave. No, you still got muddy water. You have to go and take that muddy water out of there and then put in fresh water to have a clean glass of water. It's the same thing with you. You got to take the garbage out if you want this to be a pure um, vessel for where you want to go in life. Wow. You gotta and you got you to gotta, you gotta get dirty. You got to deal with the dark stuff. You got to deal with the uncomfortable stuff. When you learn to deal with the uncomfortable stuff in a way where you actually start looking forward to it, life just gets so easy. Literally, so even like you know, lately I'm like stressing about things. I'm like meditating on it, feeling about it. Like, all right, what's going on here? And you know, the universe is saying it's okay. Just keep loving yourself. Keep working on yourself. A couple days later, boom, solution just shows up. I'm like, oh, what was I stressing about? I know if I go in that place and just kind of process all that and live with it, it'll all be okay. And when you're going to that place, let's say you know, Dr. Robert got a little garbage there. It's is that part of the meditation practice, or are you is that something else is that like a different practice that that you set up or is that just yeah i mean there's, there's several different things i do i have i have i got, I got literally we call it a toolbox i got my tools yeah. you know what i mean and um some tools for something some tools for other things some tools i use daily some i might only pull out a couple of times a year it just depends what i need to do but there is this amazing book this is the top book i recommend to my patients and clients who, who ask me how do i keep myself this way after we've done a lot of good work on it's called letting go the pathway to surrender by David R. Hawkins. And in that book, he teaches you to feel the discomfort, the bad things, the dark things, and to process it and let it go and just allow a higher vibrating energy of what you want to come back and fill that place up. It's a very easy concept. I could literally teach it in five minutes to people. And I've done that over and over again, just teach it to groups of people in five minutes and if you practice this every day, it is life-changing. I was, um, several years ago, I was living in DC, first moved there, everything fell apart. Um, it was kind of like I was doing good in life and then I took this step and mm-hmm. boom, it had to happen. 
I had a lot more things to work on. So literally I was doing this letting go method every single day, several times a day for, I don't know, a month or two. And literally my whole life changed, my whole world changed. Everything started moving forward. Everything just like happened. It just, and it just miraculous things just like would start showing up in my life because I got all the junk out that, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good, but no, like the universe is like, you got to work even harder day to day. You have no breaks, wake up in the morning, go to sleep, driving your car on the highway, whatever you're doing, these little dark things come up. You got to pull it up by the thread and get the, you know, the bigger crane to pull out the big things that are touching the other end and just clean it all out. Very, very cool. And when is that book coming? When is that book coming out? Um, the, uh, the new one. Oh, I'm actually looking for a literary agent right now. So I'm emailing agents like, Hey, this is what's going on. And my first book is public is uh, self-published this one. I want to kind of step it up a little bit. So I'm looking to do this one, the more professional route. Cause I talked to people about my first book that self-published and like, those are actually good numbers. I'm like, really? Like, yeah, for just doing it on your own, like that's actually pretty good. So I was kind of happy with that. Yeah. And that's heal profoundly. And that came out like December, 2021 that came out. That was the- yeah, yeah, that that was actually uh, that was a healing journey for me, just kind of documenting my memoir of my life. This is when I was going through that dark stuff where I used the letting go process. I'd come home from this job that I hated every day. I was working in one of the biggest holistic um, health clinics in the Mid Atlantic, and I just hated working there. It was a machine. I wasn't actually be able to connect with people like I wanted to and do what I wanted to do. They put me to work as like one of their little. Um, you know, assembly line workers and I hated it. So I was like total depression. I was in this year contract. I come home every night and just pull out my laptop and just keep writing about the stories of my life and kind of where it got me. And I had my memoir. So it just kind of came out of me within about three months. It just, it was done. Wow. So it's usually people in that first book, it's a struggle. It takes four or five years. You just rip through that. Wow. Well, I mean, I've always been telling these stories to people and people kept telling me, you should write these things down. Cause I got some crazy stories and, um, you know, even more crazy stories in the past couple of years, but yeah, I, I guess it's going to keep writing, writing, writing. You know, I taught healthcare professionals for over 15 years, um, internationally, stuff like that too. Like, you know, I would teach doctors become like above doctors and it was great. It was, it was, it was really fulfilling to teach someone things I know, like, Hey, do this. And you can lower someone's blood pressure in like five minutes. And they're like, yeah, I did that thing with the cranial bones and literally monitoring people's blood pressure just drops right in my office. So I love doing that. But what I want to do even more is to just work with the masses, teach them to realize things about themselves, empower everyone as much as I can one by one by one just so they could have that within themselves. And then, yeah, you need extra help. You go find a professional, you know, like me, I, I still have a team of people I work with. I go to chiropractors, acupuncturists, naturopaths, energy workers. I do all this stuff still because there's things they find in me that I don't really see. And I just need the extra help sometimes. I think everybody does. Absolutely. No. And I think just talking about this stuff more where people maybe 10 years or so, what the hell, what the hell is guys talking about spirituality and you know, all this different stuff. It's like, these are useful tools. And I think we're in this point in time where, okay, technology is kind of here and now it's time for the, all of this stuff to catch up a little bit and let's just be, even be okay to talk about, like even men talking about their feelings. Like that's, I think the reason why people listen to this is just like just bros talk, especially to New Yorkers, man. So um, that's awesome. Robert, thank you so much for your time. And this is such a, a pleasantry. Seriously, man. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. It was good talking with you. Yeah, of course. Um, everybody do me a favor on YouTube. Just uh, review, subscribe for listening. Keep doing what you're doing. Tell one of your friends about it. Um, check out uh, Dr. Robert's book. I'm going to buy it as well. And maybe 
Dr. Robert, if you want to come back on, please join me again. If you want to, um, we'll talk about the book. And I, I, I can't wait to see these stories now because it's, uh, it's very interesting. But um, you can find all Dr. Robert's notes below. That's it. As always, stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.